Turn your Bibles with me, if you would, to Romans 15. Now this, if you haven't gotten a sheet that was back on the back podium, uh, maybe you could raise your hand and we can make sure you get one. Is it, everybody got a paper? Romans chapter 15. We're taking another um, sideshow, I guess, <laughs> from Matthew. Thought it was appropriate to deal with this subject today about gossip. Um, just to begin, this is not a direct rebuke to anybody in particular, but I think that um, when you go through a season as a church where people are doing stuff and stuff's happening, gossip can sometimes be a problem. And I think it's appropriate for us to refresh our minds on this subject of gossip. Chances are most people sitting here in this room already have an idea about what it is. But I'd like to renew the picture of what it really is deep down. We're going to start this by Romans 15. Now this passage is not on the sheet that I handed you. If you'd like to write it in, please do so. Romans 15, starting in verse 1, says, We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever was written in, our, in former days was written for our instruction that through, through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Jesus Christ that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. What in the world does this passage have to do with gossip? <laughs> well, as we're going to be seeing today, we're going to I'm, I'm not usually a huge fan of just giving you a short, pithy statement for a definition of large biblical concepts. Um, one, it can, a short, pithy statement, a definition, can make it easy to justify ourselves um, if what we're doing does not fit that one particular definition. Or it could cause us to condemn ourselves for things that maybe we don't necessarily need to condemn ourselves for. Um, rather, today I'd like to spend some time painting a picture of gossip, but I wanted to start with a passage here, because this is really where I want our minds to be in regards to how to address one another, how to talk about other people, how to discuss issues that are happening amongst us, and all things, in the, especially the, the end of Chapter 15, verse 1, it says, not to please ourselves. And then end of verse 2, let, us, let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. So we see here that the way we live our lives, the way we conduct ourselves together as a body of Christ, it is not to be in such a way where we just get to say whatever we want about whoever we want. That's not the way of Christ. 
We're not supposed to be addressing each other. We're not supposed to see each other and other people's business as a means for us um, to kind of entertain ourselves with how we talk about Him. Or shock factor. We don't use other people for shock factor. But rather, in verse 2 it says, Let us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. The words that come out of our mouth should be helpful words. Not useless, harmful, destructive words that have no use for anybody. The conduct that we are to share with one another is supposed to be helpful, edifying, for the building up of people rather than the tearing down of people or the image of people. Jesus himself, we are the people who are worthy of proper condemnation for we have sinned against a great eternal lawmaker. But yet what did that lawmaker do? The, Christ himself did not please himself for as is written the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. We were a reproach to an eternal God. But that which we deserved in return was relayed over to Jesus Christ. He bore the wrath that we deserved for all of our sins and our failures. Because of love. Let's pray. Let's continue this conversation about gossip. We're going to look at several scripture passages today. At the bottom of that sheet, we're not going to look at all of those, but many of these I've written down here for you to um, refer to. Uh, perhaps maybe you feel like you have a problem with gossip. I'm not going to go through all of these passages, but you can take this home. You can review this. You can lay this out between you and the Lord. Go through these passages. Pray over them. Repent of sin. Learn how you should conduct yourself. We will look through some of these, but not all of them. But let's pray before we dive into this subject. Lord, I thank you that you have not dealt with us according to our sins. For if you had, we would all have already perished. I thank you that you do not give us what we deserve. Lord, I just pray that as we discuss this, we will get to know your heart all the more. We will get to know the heart of Christ all the more. And I pray that we would walk in the footsteps of Jesus all the more because of how we see him in the scriptures. In Jesus' name, amen. Refer to your sheet. We're going to start from the top. The top of your sheet says, what is gossip? We're going to talk through some of these. I'm not going to commentate on every single thing here because I do want to spend most of the time discussing the scriptures down at the bottom. But one, gossip reveals negative or harmful information about someone unnecessarily. Now first you see there, if you have negative or harmful information, there's, hey, if you want to talk about somebody in a positive way, go for it. <laughs> if you want to bring out this, you know, praiseworthy things about other people, go for it. That's not gossip. But gossip is something that reveals negative or harmful information about someone, okay? Something that they've done and you're just talking about it. It's becoming the hot topic of, the, of, of a group, of the church, of your family. And you're just talking about somebody and their failure, their mistakes, and you're, you're really um, destroying their image together. I mean, they've already failed 
They've already perhaps done something that was um, unacceptable, or they've done something that maybe it wasn't in particular, maybe it wasn't necessarily a sin, but it affected you in a bad way. And you talk about them in a negative way, in a way that harms their image. Far beyond what they've already done to themselves because of what they've done. But the talk that is constantly being regurgitated, constantly puts them down in the, in the, in the minds of those who are hearing you talk. And then it also, I also put at the end of the statement, unnecessarily, okay? There is some conversation, especially like, you know, I'm a pastor, okay? Um, it's my responsibility to observe people and determine, okay, who can lead? Who, can, who should I equip and empower and invite to participate in something? And me, me and the deacons would need to talk about, you know, leadership and, and you know, and, uh, things that we are, cons- people that we're considering for a task or whatnot. Not, now, we don't talk about people in a negative way, but sometimes we need to consider, well, maybe they wouldn't be a right fit because of what they did. Now, that's not necessarily something we focus on or regurgitate over and over and over again, but it is something worthy of consideration for, for decision-making, okay? And we might need to talk about some things that people have done, but we don't regurgitate it. We don't talk about it unnecessarily. We don't spread it around. We don't bring it up. We don't put them down. It's simply for the sake of processing for a decision that needs to be made. But... Gossip is more something where this harmful information is being spread around in in an unnecessary way. It doesn't need to be talked about. It's not doing anything. It's not helpful for a decision-making process. It's just we're talking. We're talking about them in a way that's not helpful. Number two, gossip gives someone a negative second-hand opinion about somebody else. There are some things that people do that only affect a small group of people. Okay? But then somebody from that small group of people takes this information out to somebody else who wasn't immediately affected by what happened. And now you're giving somebody a second-hand image of this other person. You know, and I'll be honest with you, I'm not going to call out names, but this happened when I became a pastor here. I remember distinctly somebody came up to me and started talking to me about somebody else, about what I need to know about them. And they were detailing negative information about these people. That's gossip. That cannot happen. I need to be able to form my own opinion about people. And people outside of your, you know, other people, you need to let them form their own opinion about somebody with their interpersonal experiences with that person. Now, there are situations where, like, perhaps, you know, maybe my daughter comes of age to start dating. (laughs) God forbid. Um... We have to deal with that anytime soon. Um, but maybe there's a, a, a boy that she likes that I know he's not a good fit. Now, it would be necessary for me to talk to her about why he perhaps would not be a good fit for her. Because that's an important decision. That's not gossip. But this is a situation where it's not helpful for me to present this information about somebody to somebody else outside. You know, we, maybe something happens in our church and we go out to our family members, we go out to the community, uh, people that we know at the gas station, and we just start talking about what so-and-so did. That happens a lot in a small community. Not necessarily from a church, perhaps, but neighbors. They talk about the other neighbors, right? And what that other... I, did you hear what our neighbor did? 
And you start giving other people second-hand information, causing them to form an opinion about somebody else without direct contact, without the direct involvement in their life. That's gossip. Number three, gossip is an undisciplined appetite for the transaction of personal information. Okay, so this is a transaction of information. It's either something that you are wanting to get. A gossip can be somebody who is constantly going after information about other people's business, or somebody who is constantly wanting to tell somebody else other people's business. So you have personal information that's either coming or going. Gossip can be applied either, either, either way. Gossip is an undisciplined appetite for the transaction of personal information. And here's a couple of examples. As gluttony is to food and greed is to money, so is gossip to other people's business. A glutton constantly wants to eat. A greedy person is constantly thinking about money, constantly wanting to get and make money, right? A gossip is somebody who's constantly wanting to know personal information about other people or constantly wanting to tell everybody else what they know about somebody else. It's an undisciplined appetite for the transaction of other people's personal information. And gluttony is a sin. Greed is a sin. And so is gossip a sin. Because it comes, you know, partly because it comes down to an undisciplined lifestyle. You are doing whatever it is you feel like you are doing and you're using other people's information to do it. The glutton listens to his appetite from food. The greedy man listens to his appetite for money. So the gossip is constantly listening and acting upon his appetite to talk about other people or learn about other people. Number four, gossip unveils something that was supposed to be held in confidence. Maybe some, you have a conversation with somebody and they reveal something very personal. Now, whether they told you that and said, I'm telling you this in confidence, or they're simply sharing personal information with you because they're your friend and they're not asking you now, this is a secret, don't tell anybody else. If somebody is sharing something personal with you, just know that it's probably not your business to tell it to somebody else. If you feel like it's necessary, maybe you should talk to that person and ask him if it's okay. Can I share this with so-and-so? We want to pray for you or whatever. But I don't want to do that. I don't want to drag your name through the mud if this is a personal issue. Um, I, don't want to dra- I, I don't want to talk about it unless it's okay with you to talk about it. But gossip, gossip unveils something to somebody else that was supposed to be held in confidence. And really, that's something that breaks friendships, doesn't it? Breaks relationships. If that person finds out that you told somebody else their personal information, it may have been okay if you had asked, but the fact that they found out that you told somebody else without addressing it with them, well, that loses, that causes you to lose trust in their eyes. You're no longer a faithful friend in their eyes. It breaks relationships. And honestly, in a small town, it's not hard because you tell, somebody tells you a secret, something in confidence. You tell somebody else. Then all of a sudden, it, it spreads around. And then all of a sudden, this person fi- hears that somebody else out in the neighborhood knows their business. Well, I get, it's not too hard to find where it all started. 
And whether they tell you, whether they confront you about it or not, it causes you to lose a relationship or value in that relationship. Number five, gossip takes incomplete information and fills in the gaps with unsubstantiated theories. So maybe you hear a little, a little birdie tell you a little bit of information and it just sparks your imagination and you start filling in the gaps that you don't know. It causes you to ask questions that nobody's answering. So you start filling in answers and then you just, when you're talking about it with somebody else, why would they do something like that? Well, you know, when they were growing up, they did, you know, this and that and their family and then all of a sudden everything is, you're trying to fill in gaps with information that may or may not be applicable to the situation. So gossip takes a bit of incomplete information and then the gossip's mind starts filling in gaps and then in unsubstantiated theories about what might be going on behind the scenes. And then you bring all that stuff in, up in conversation with other people. And all of us, I mean, have, have you ever heard a story about somebody that wasn't true? It started with somebody had a little bit of information about somebody and through questioning and theorizing about what's going on, a story was formed that wasn't true. <laughs> but the imaginations of the gossip's minds filled in gaps and created this story where that included a lot of false information. It just came from their imaginations. I mean, I've heard, you know, you, you know I've heard stuff about people and, I, and there, was, there was a time where I heard a story about someone and I'm like, you know what? I don't think that this is a healthy story. I went and talked to a person and asked if it was true. They're like, no, where did you hear that? Where does that stuff come from? People like to use their imaginations to fill in gaps with incomplete, from incomplete information. All of a sudden, the whole neighborhood believes a story about somebody that's not correct. That's gossip. Number six, gossip forms a person's reputation with opinion rather than the truth. This is very related to number five. All of a sudden, you find somebody in your neighborhood, or maybe you have um, been, been the person. All of a sudden, you have a reputation in town that you didn't know about. I'm glad that the town was kind enough to let you know what your reputation was. <laughs> you had no part of that. But some, all of a sudden, somebody's got a reputation that was formed from the opinion of somebody who talked about you to other people. An opinion that was not correct. An opinion that was not substantiated or objective. It was subjective to what they felt about you while they were talking about you with somebody else. And perhaps you've talked about somebody in this regard where you were just angry with somebody and you start talking to somebody in your anger and you're saying things that you shouldn't say about that person. You're exaggerating details. You're leaving out parts that might um, crush your theories about this person. And all of a sudden, you've built a reputation for somebody that they don't deserve to have simply because of your opinions about that person. That's gossip. Number seven, gossip breaks down relationships rather than creating and supporting them. When you gossip about, even if they don't find out that you gossiped about them, the fact that you are gossiping about them means that you are distancing yourself from them. So you are breaking that relationship. 
You are stringing out that relationship by talking about them behind their backs. Because that's not what friends do. That's not what people in a close relationship do. People who are distant from each other, they talk about each other in a flippant manner. And if you have a friend, a co-worker, a church member, and you're talking about them behind their back, you're talking about, maybe, maybe it isn't even talking about some, one of their failures, but you're talking about them in a flippant manner with somebody else, you are actively breaking your relationship with that person. Because you are distancing yourself from them. You are distancing them from you. Rather than talking about a person in a way that builds them up, that establishes a relationship, that honors them. When we honor people in front of other people, that stabilizes relationships. When we build people up in other people's eyes, that stabilizes and builds relationships. But when we talk about people flippantly or negatively with other people, that breaks down relationships, especially if they find out about it. But even if they don't, the very act of talking about them negatively behind their back, you are distancing themselves from you. Number eight, gossip only tells one side of the story. Gossip is usually a story where you're trying to get a point across about somebody And you're not including any of the positive information that may not support the point that you're trying to make about them. Gossip only tells one side of their story. Perhaps you had an argument with somebody and you're going and you're you're whining to somebody else about how how you just still think that you're right and they're wrong. And you're telling this other person about all all the negative parts about what they were talking about, but you don't ever bring up the good points that they brought out. The good points that might substantiate their point of view. All you want is for somebody to justify your perspective, so you're not bringing out anything that might justify theirs. Gossip only tells one side of the story. Number nine, gossip listens longingly for personal information. If somebody is talking about someone else, a gossip's ears will be fully alert. You know, maybe you're sitting behind somebody in the pew before church starts and you hear somebody talking about somebody else, you are right there in that. You want to hear all this information. you got to get this down so that you can be in the know. Right? A gossip's ear is constantly on full alert when conversation is happening about other people. Because you got to have all that information, and you want to be able to relay. Sometimes you want to be able to relay, have something to talk about. You know, and it really, it's kind of lazy, to be honest. I think some of it comes from, I want to, you want, we all want to know people, right? We all want to know people, feel like we know people. Goss- listening to gossip is a lazy way of getting, getting there. Goss- gossip's ears, they, yeah, maybe they just legitimately want to know somebody, but they don't want to put the effort into having a personal relationship with that person. You know, going and actually talking to them face-to-face, asking them questions about how they're doing, They'd rather just hear it from somebody else. Because building a relationship personally is hard. It's hard work. It takes a lot of time. You know, but if you can just get something secondhand, that's good enough. You know, then I can feel like I know them without actually knowing them. Without putting the effort into it. It's like an online relationship. (laughs) Right? It's not very deep. It won't go very far. Not until you actually meet the person. And get to know them face to face. That's kind of what the ears of a gossip are. It's like online dating. (laughs) 
trying to get to know somebody secondhand through portals that are not personal. And we need to be careful. Under that section here, the middle section on this sheet, we need to be careful. Um, Gossip can be used to justify yourself. Maybe you're talking about somebody who has wronged you. So you start talking about them so that you feel justified. Or you had, like we talked about earlier, you had an argument with somebody and you just want somebody to be on your side. So you start gossiping to justify yourself. Gossip can be used to deliberately harm somebody. Maybe you simply don't like somebody or somebody did something that was detrimental. You feel like they don't deserve to be liked. So you talk about them in a manner so that it makes it hard for other people to like them too or accept them or receive them. Even though the end of Romans, the, the passage in Romans fifteen seven says, therefore welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God, for the, for the glory of God. Did you deserve to be welcomed into God's presence, into a relationship with God? Did you deserve that? No, you did not. There, yeah, people will sin. People will do things that are despicable. And sometimes they're going to do them to you. But that's exactly what God's love looks like when you have somebody like that and you welcome them into a relationship with you anyway and you love them. You don't put them down. You rather build them up. You welcome them uh, rather than speaking in a way that deliberately harms them or their reputation. And gossip can be used to appear to be authoritative. You know, sometimes... um, you just want to feel like you're in the know. You want people to think that you know stuff. So when you're talking to somebody, you don't want to be the person in the conversation who doesn't know anything or have anything to offer in the conversation. So you start saying things that you don't really know, unsubstantiated theories about other people, and then all of a sudden you're a gossip, simply because you wanted to appear to be authoritative. Sometimes the authority comes from the fact that, like, okay, you and this other person have a you've been button heads, right? And you don't want to you don't want them to appear like they're coming out on top. So you talk about them in a way that you are the dominant um, person in the conversation. So you talk about them in a way to appear to be the important one, the right one, the substantiated one in the way you talk about other people. Number two, gossip can occur. While dealing with, we need to be careful, especially when we're in the midst of an interpersonal problem. Because, number two, gossip can occur while dealing with an interpersonal problem, okay? There's a legitimate crisis going on, right? Some things have been happening that um, have kind of stirred the pot. And then all of a sudden, we're all talking. And all of a sudden, in the midst of our talking... Gossip starts to come up because we're saying things that we shouldn't say. But the conversation is open, so it's kind of like, oh, anything goes. Because everything's kind of already in, in, a, in, a, in a tizzy, so I can just talk about it however I want, and it doesn't apply to gossip. No, gossip can very often surface in the midst of an interpersonal problem that you're having with somebody else. Because that's when anger, that's when... Jealousy, envy, strife, all these things are tempting your heart to think negatively of this other person that you're having a problem with. And you have to be careful how you talk about that person that you're having a problem with. You have to be on guard. You have to recognize, I'm having a problem with this person. 
I really need to be careful how I talk about them. And chances are you probably shouldn't be talking about them at all because now is not the time. You can't say anything good. The only thing on your heart are the things that they've been doing wrong. So now is probably not the time that you should be talking about that other person. So if you are having a problem with somebody, take care. Take care because that is prime time for gossip when you open your mouth with somebody else. It can be it can occur while sharing a prayer request. Maybe you're maybe in you know you have perhaps you have a desire to pray for this person, you know they have some problems, but you need to be careful because that person may not want all their business to be on a prayer sheet for everybody in a church to know about. We need to be careful that we don't say too much that their image is depreciated. Because honestly, we should be praying for our spiritual lives, okay? We should be praying for people that we know we have fallen into sin. We should be praying for people that really we know they need to get saved. We should be praying for those people. But we also, when we are asking other Christians to pray for these people, we need to be careful that we recognize that their business is not really my business, and they're certainly not their business, not everybody else's business. So while I want to bring them up for prayer, I want to make sure I do it in a careful way. So as, you know, if, you know, think of, because we have prayer sheets now on Wednesdays where we have all these prayer requests. If that person were to walk in and see what was written on the prayer sheet, would they be offended? Would they be like, how dare you tell everybody in your church about that? Now, that's not to say we can't pray for them as a church, but it is to say we need to be careful what we're spreading around. What is need to know and what is not need to know. Um, and we need to be careful because gossip often comes up while somebody's living in idleness. Somebody's bored. They're, they have nothing to do. They're not involved in anything. So what do they start doing? They start talking about everybody else. So if you find yourself having a conversation with somebody and you, you know, you're just, you're, the, where you are in your life, you're just bored and you just want to talk to somebody, you need to be careful that you don't start talking about other people's business inappropriately or simply having a general conversation. Just be careful in general. Number three, if a conversation about someone's failure or scandal starts to feel entertaining, it's time to stop. If you're talking to somebody and you're talking about this other person and you are really in a negative, in, there's a lot of negative information about somebody surfacing, if you're starting to really like that conversation, it's probably starting to become gossip. If it's not a helpful conversation about this person, how can we help them, you know, those types of things, and you're starting to really enjoy the conversation about somebody that's really not a good conversation, you need to stop. You need to be careful. Number four, if you feel like you need to know, even though the information that you need to know won't actually help anything, it's likely gossip. Have you ever felt like that? Like, you know, you, get, you, there's, you know something has happened and you just need to know what's going on. Even though you have no intentions of trying to be part of the solution, you're probably just got a gossip's ear and you just want information so that you can develop a secondhand opinion about somebody. So you need to be careful in that situation. When we do deal with negative information, number one, 
Okay, because we are going to be confronted with negative information. People are going to do stuff, right? It's going to be negative. And some of this stuff we do need to talk about because we want to help. Because that person needs you. What do we do when we do receive negative information? Well, one, remember your own humanity. Remember that pride comes before a fall. There is no temptation taking you that is not common to man. If a person has fallen into sin, remember that you are also a human prone to wander and weak. And that you are not now better than them and you get to look down upon them because they have fallen. They have felt fallen. <laughs> Whatever the word is. Two, think first about how you'd like someone else to deal with your personal information. If this was you that this was about, how would you like other people to talk about that? Maybe you should think about that before talking about somebody else's information. If this was my information, how would I want other people to talk about it? Three, and perhaps most importantly, consider what God thinks about the person in question. Maybe you should think about them the way God thinks about them. Does God love that person in question? Did Jesus die for that person in question? Does God welcome that person into a relationship with him? Does God want that person to be an outcast in society? Does God want you to talk about that person in a negative manner? Think about how God thinks about the person in question. Number four, if you want to get into someone's business, it should be with the intent to love, serve, or protect. Sometimes it is helpful to know what's going on, but only if you actually plan on helping in some way. If you love that person, like, oh, what? So-and-so is struggling with this? Oh, I'm going to go and knock on their door and I want to help them. I'm going to try to bring them through this situation. Oh, so-and-so is in the middle of a divorce? I'm not going to talk about it to all my friends, but I'm going to go and I'm going to try to talk to them and I'm going to try to help them. I'm going to try to give them an opportunity um, to talk to me, to help in some way. If you want to get into someone's business, it should be with the intent to love them, to serve them, or to protect them or protect somebody else. Because, you know... If somebody, if there's a, if there's a potential shooter <laughs> that's going to walk into this church and I know who it is, well, you better believe that I'm going to tell some other people so that we can be on guard. You know, that's not gossip. It's for the protection. It's for the good of other people. Number five, seek to build up in all things. Where there is brokenness, seek to rebuild. Overcome evil with good. Gossip does not build anything. If the words that are coming out of your mouth are not actually helping anything, if you're talking about somebody else's business and it's not actually helping anything, then you probably shouldn't be talking about their business. Because the words that come out of our mouth are supposed to be those that build up to take something that is broken and help restore it, to help fix it, to overcome the evil with good, to apply good to this that the hearers might be built up. Because you know what? There's, there's, a, there's a section in the Bible that says, if you have a problem with your brother, go and try to reconcile personally. Don't turn it into this big thing. Don't gossip about it. 
Don't bring all these other people into it that don't need to know right now. But the Bible also does say, if, that, if your confrontation isn't helping anything, then you need, to, you need to start making it bigger. Make the sphere a little bit bigger. Because maybe you're wrong, and they're not in sin. Maybe they didn't do anything wrong. Or maybe they are wrong, and you really, you're, you're, you're concerned about their soul. You don't want to just go around talking about them, but you're concerned for their soul. You want them to repent. So you're trying to get other people to help you convince them that they need to repent. So eventually, in the discipline process, it does become a public matter. But not because we just all need to be in the know, but because this person needs help. This person needs to repent. So there, is a, there, is, there are times when public knowledge is helpful, but not right away. And not in every situation. And the Bible actually says in 2 Timothy that elders are, never, are not supposed to be rebuked publicly unless their sin is public and they have been um, confronted and they refuse to repent. Because when, if a leader, if there, if a leader has, is being gossiped about, that will tear down a church more than anything. If a church leader is being negatively spoken of publicly, that will destroy an entire body. So Paul gives a special command, be careful how you deal with leaders' information. Number six, be okay not knowing or sharing all the information. You could actually start there. Just as a general place of living, I'm just, I'm okay not knowing everybody's business. It's okay. It's their business. It's not mine. I need to focus on my business. And if you have information, be okay not sharing it all. What's it doing? You know? Sitting in your mind, is that bad? No, that's not a bad place for it to just sit and stay. It's probably better that way. Seven, if a conversation seems to be taking a questionable turn, cut it off. You've been, we've all been there. Somebody else is talking about somebody in a negative way, and it's very uncomfortable. This is not helpful. This is actually being, this is actually not a good situation. I'm just going to either, I'm going to say, hey, we, I don't think this is a good conversation. We need to stop, especially if it's happening here in church. You know, if another church member is gossiping, we should probably stand up and say, we should probably not be saying these things. But if it's out in the neighborhood, maybe, you know, maybe it's just time to exit the conversation, change the subject. Number eight, pray for the people in question. Look for ways to intercede for their good. Jesus said, pray for your enemies. If somebody's harmed you, what do you do? Do you go gossip about it? Do you go and you know, try to get consolation by sharing their information and trying to get people on your side? You know, Jesus said, pray for your enemies, even if they're not an enemy. Before we, you know, we shouldn't talk to other people, but we can talk to God about them. God already knows all that stuff that's going on. We can pray to him. That's not gossip. <laughs> pray for those people that are in question. Don't talk about them. Pray for them. Look for ways to intercede for their good. If you know to do good, but you don't do it, what does that say about you? Sin. So if you have, I mean, really, you should be careful as a gossip about the information you receive because if you're receiving this information, you're responsible for it before God. If you know to do good, 
and you don't do it, that's sin. If you know somebody needs help and you don't make an effort to help them, that is not the heart of Christ. It is not the heart of Christ. Let's renew our minds with some words of God. Let's start with 1 Corinthians 10, verse 11. And a lot of what I've said up here has come from different passages down in this list. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, starting in verse 11, says, Now these things happen to them as an example, talking about all the sins and failures of the nation of Israel throughout history. Uh, these things happened to them as an example, but they were written down for our instruction on whom, the end of age, on whom the end of the ages has come. That's an interesting statement for you to remember. It's not part of our conversation today, but we are those on whom the end of the ages has come. Verse 12, Therefore let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. That's often the heart of the gossip, that you think you're above it all. You think you're above it all and that you just kind of, you get to reign from on high and look down upon everybody else's problems and situations. Take heed lest you fall. Verse 13, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. And the focus being in this conversation on that first part, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. Okay, we learn from Israel, coupling that with the first verse, we couple that with Israel's history. Israel struggled with sin. They struggled to follow God. They struggled with obedience. That struggle does not go away. We all have the struggle. Now we have Christ. We can overcome. They couldn't overcome, really. Um, We can overcome. Okay, but we can look at the nation of Israel and remember that we're still human being. I am not superior to them simply because I live in 2019 America. In fact, we may be worse off, <laughs> to be honest. Titus chapter 3. Starting in verse 1. Titus chapter 3. Starting in verse 1 says, Remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak... Stop there for a second. Be ready for every good work. Can you say that about yourself? Are you ready to do good? Are you on the edge of your seat waiting for an opportunity to do good? When you receive negative information about somebody, somebody's in need, somebody's hurt, somebody has a problem, are you ready to get off your chair and to go do good? Or are you ready to just sit back and talk about them? Verse 2, to speak evil of no one. Are you ready to do good rather than to just talk about them? To talk negatively about other people? To avoid quarreling? to be gentle, to show perfect courtesy towards all people. Now, this whole conversation is the whole put off, put on. I mean, when you're counseling somebody, you put something off, but then you have to put on something. Otherwise, the off will just come back on. Jesus parabolically spoke about that. You know, the demon might be cast out and the room might be swept clean, but that demon might return and find the house swept clean, but it's empty. So it returns, okay? We put off something. We put off... Um, gossip, but we put on something else, okay? You have to replace it with something else. Otherwise, you're no better 
than the gossip that you used to be, and chances are you'll just turn back into a gossip. And if you're not putting on these things, chances are at some point you will become a gossip. Okay? Avoid quarreling. Be gentle with people. Show perfect courtesy towards all people. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. Okay, so these are a lot of the things that are happening that people gossip about. But we used to be like that. We understand the human condition because we are part of the human condition. Verse 4, But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by His grace we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. So talk about grace. Grace is giving you some. God treats us in a way that we don't deserve. You know, there might be somebody out there that everybody else is gossiping about because they screwed up. They don't deserve to be talked about in a good way. Well, neither do we. We don't deserve to be received by a good, good God, but yet He does it. Just because somebody screwed up doesn't mean you deserve that you have the right to talk about their screw up. It doesn't mean that they no longer deserve to be honored, to be helped, to be loved. If that were the case, then the whole gospel is null. Because that's how the gospel works. People who deserve the exact opposite of what we're receiving, getting what we got. The love of God. Verse 8, this saying is trustworthy, and I hope that you insist on these, and I want you to insist on these things, so that those who have believed in God may be careful to devote themselves to good works. These things are excellent and profitable for people, but avoid, okay, so that's the put on, that's replacing with this other stuff in verse 9, but avoid foolish controversies, genealogies, dissensions, quarrels about the law, for they are unprofitable and worthless. As for a person who stirs up division, after warning him once and then twice, have nothing more to do with him, knowing that such a person is warped and sinful, he is self-condemned. Gossip stirs up division. That person doesn't belong in the church, Paul just told Titus. A gossip does not belong in the church of God. He just said that. The person who stirs up dissension or strife. That's exactly what gossip does. But rather, put that off and put on a zeal for goodness, for good works. You know, there is no room for an idle person who turns into a gossip because the believer is zealous for good works. They are ready to go and serve, to go and do good for other people. Look at 1 Thessalonians 4.9. Now, I'm skipping over a lot of these verses on here that actually talk about gossip in particular because the people sitting in here already know that gossip is wrong. We already have heard, I mean, there's a few proverbs on here, but there's dozens of proverbs that could be applied to gossip. There's so much in the scriptures that tell us gossip's wrong. (laughs) 
But I want to I focus today really on, okay, we know we need to put off gossip, but how, what do we put on that erases it, that keeps it at bay? Because if we can put on the right stuff, gossip will, be, gossip will stay away. If the strong man is living in the house, the weak man doesn't want to come and try to take him over. So let's get the strong man in the house. Christ-likeness. Let's get Christ-likeness in the house so gossip has no room to live. Okay? 1 Thessalonians 4.9 says, Now concerning brotherly love, you have no need for anyone to write to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love one another. For that indeed is what you are doing to all the brothers throughout Macedonia. But we urge you, brothers, to do, more, do this more and more, and to aspire to live quietly and to mind your own affairs, to work with your own hands as we instructed you, so that you may walk properly before outsiders and be dependent on no one. So here we see the contrast. We see brotherly love. They are being fervent in brotherly love. Paul is telling them, keep doing that and do it more and more. And while you're doing that, make it a goal to live quietly, to not be a gossip, to not be loud, to not always be in everybody else's business, to mind your own affairs, to, take, to, to keep your attention on what you're doing. What does God require of you? Okay? God does not require of you to know everybody else's business, but what God does require of you when you do know somebody else's business your responsibility is not to tell everybody else about it and just sit back and enjoy the destruction you just caused. Your responsibility is to do good for those people, to help them, to reach out to them, to get involved in their life, to see how you can build them up. And when you talk about them in the neighborhood, you talk about them in a positive light, to build up, to do good, to continue with the brotherly love that we have because of Jesus Christ. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. And verse 9. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. You think, that's impossible. There's so much going on in this world that's negative. Do you think that was any different for Paul? And what does Paul say in verse 9? What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Paul is saying, I've been doing these things, and it's actually working out pretty well. I'm not missing opportunities because I'm choosing to think on excellent things. It's actually working out, and I'm telling you, do what I've been doing because it works. That's the way we should be living if you receive the negative information, turn it into something honorable. Think about how you can turn this into honor. Romans chapter 1. And I'll just do a couple, a couple more here. Romans chapter 1. Verse 28. This is more of a warning passage. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, this is talking about the depravity of man, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They were full of envy, murder, strife, 
deceit, maliciousness, they are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless, though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. Did you know the gossip is thrown into that mix? <laughs> you deserve to die as a gossip. This is New Testament stuff. Romans, this is New Testament stuff. He just, I mean, I didn't read that part, but he just threw them in also into the, into the, uh, the pool of homosexuals too. Because of the depravity of their mind, the, fallen of, the fallenness of society. Gossips are there. They get a special place amongst the evil, despicable, worldly people that deserve to die. Be careful. Two more passages. Romans 12, since we're in Romans, Romans 12, verse 9. So put off that. Let's put on some more. Romans 12, verse 9 says, Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Abhor your gossip. Hold fast to what is good. Replace evil with good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Look at this. Outdo one another in showing honor. You want to compete with somebody? See how much more honor you can give them than they are giving you. Sometimes that's easy because we're not very good at honoring other people. But let's start it. Hey, let's start a competition. Who can honor people the most throughout the rest of your life? And let God tell you who crossed the finish line first. When you get there. Outdo one another in showing honor. Is that what gossip does? Does that honor? Is that part of the process of outdoing each other and showing honor? Or is it more of a race to see who can honor themselves the most by putting other people down? Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Doing what? Serve the Lord. Serve the Lord fervently. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless them and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be a haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do that which is honorable. You see, there's the honor again in the sight of all. Okay, we'll just stop there because that's already a lot to download. But this is all to put on. Gossip is everything that you need to put off. It represents everything that you need to put off in your speech, which is a representation of your heart. But put on honor. Find ways to honor people, especially those who don't deserve it, because they need to see the grace of God in action. They need to see the grace of God in action, and you and I need to act the grace of God. We do that by doing honorable things to people who don't deserve it. That's how we can act out the gospel in this world. Last one, 1 Peter chapter 4. Verse 7. The end of all things is at hand. Therefore be self-controlled. 
and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. See, this is all put on. If you're doing these put on things, gossip is it's going to just naturally get go away. If you are living honorably, speaking honorably, serving, showing hospitality, praying, uh, loving one another earnestly, because love covers a multitude of sins. If you just really learn to love that person that you want to talk about, you're not going to talk about them in a gossipy way. That's just the way it works. But if we put on the heart of Christ, as is, has been represented by a lot of these passages, that other stuff fades away. Behold, all things have become new. If we start walking in the newness that we have because of the gospel of the grace of God through Jesus Christ, if we can start walking according to that love, then we're not going to be gossiping. But gossiping flies in the face of what God has done to us. So let's watch our words. Let's think twice before we say anything, take part in a negative conversation with somebody. And if there is negativity floating around, let's see how we can help show honor and service and love in that situation. Lord, I thank you for your goodness. I, thank, I pray that you would help us. For this is hard for man. Lord, with you all things are possible. And by your spirit that you have given within us, you have given us the power of eternity to be like Christ, to love like Christ to serve like Christ, to sacrifice like Christ. I pray that you would help us to defeat gossip and to walk in the ways of Jesus. It's in his name I pray. Amen. We're going to close with hymn number 392.